February is National Teen Dating Violence Awareness and Prevention Month, TDVAM. According to youth.gov, people ages 12 to 19 experience the highest rates of rape and sexual assault. 10% of adolescents report being a victim of intimate partner violence. According to loveisrespect.org, one in three teens in the United States will experience physical, sexual, or emotional abuse from someone they've been in a relationship with before they become adults. 43% of college women report experiencing violent or abusive dating behaviors. So I found that the theme for TDVAM 2022 is talk about it. The goal is to have conversations about healthy relationships and how to identify and navigate unhealthy or abusive relationships. Some of the key points were to talk about it openly, honestly, and most importantly, judgment-free. In honor of talk about it, I'm going to share a story that was submitted to us about teen dating violence. I do want to advise of a possible trigger warning. This is a story about rape. There will be resources listed at the end of the story, so if you want to skip past the details, feel free and please feel safe. Morning, sister. Good afternoon. Good nope, it's morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> How are so, you? So, oh, I'm good. How about yourself? Good. It's about time you start asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Oh, that's not cool. I just called myself an old dog. Right. Mm. It's not cool because I'm older than you. <laughs> <laughs> So you have a a big story today. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, And like I said in the intro, it is a little heavy. So if people need to skip through, uh, that's absolutely fine. The story itself is just in the very beginning. And then it talks about the effects of what happened to this girl. And then at at the very end, uh, I listed some resources and ways to help if you want to help. Okay, so... Oh, by the way, this is another situation. Oh, yes. Podcasts are podcasts. I'm Ingrid. And I'm, and I'm Jessica. I love that you started saying, and I'm Jessica, before I even said I'm Ingrid. <laughs> it's like you knew that I was going to take control and be like, I'm Ingrid. Why can't I ever go first? Why can't I be, I'm Jessica? Because you start with, and I'm Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right. Anyway. All right. So this email that I got, the person that wrote it, they made it kind of like they were talking conversationally. So I was just going to read it verbatim. Okay. I hope it, I hope that goes okay. We'll see. All right. Are you ready? I have a question. Did you, did you, did you interact with this person? Like if I have questions, could you possibly know some, like if I ask, (laughs) let me restate the question. (laughs) Okay. Could I, can I interject and ask questions and you may possibly know the answers? I did not interact with this person. So the email that we have is the info that we have, but I can definitely reach out and follow up if you have additional questions or if anyone has additional questions okay. and wants us to reach out, I can reach out to this person. Well, and you know a little bit about this topic because of 
my studies, field. your field. So yes. if I have questions in regards to that, you could probably answer. Anyway, carry on, please. Absolutely. So here is uh, no name, no nothing. Uh, here's a story. You don't know me, but I received your email from a mutual friend of ours who was trying to solicit stories for your podcast. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I would prefer to keep my identity anonymous as you will later learn why. Here it goes. I was kind of a nerdy kid who grew up in small town USA in the great Midwest. So nerdy that I took to reading Carl Sagan when I was in sixth grade. Yep, that nerdy. I went to a private school until high school, and then being popular and cool took a front row instead of science and education. I was a decent student, was fairly popular, but who isn't in a small town, and participated in sports. Pretty average. One random weekday, my friend and I went to go watch a freshman football game at the high school. We were sophomores at the time. Her older brother invited us to go smoke weed, and of course, we went. We so wanted to be viewed as cool by him and his friends so bad. I hadn't had much experience with weed, so I didn't realize I was smoking way too much. We went back to the football game, and I immediately began throwing up in the parking lot. I could barely walk. I surely didn't believe I could talk. My friends worked it out to have a guy give me a ride home because none of us had our driver's licenses yet. Little baby. The guy was very attractive, very good at sports, and very popular. The true cliche guy to the small hometown. The problem began when he didn't take me home. He took me to a gas station and went inside to get a condom. He told me what he was doing. I was un unable to form words still, and I did not want to have sex with him. I was in no way to give consent. I remember him coming back to the car, driving around to the empty side of the parking lot, adjusting my seat as far back as it would go, sliding over the stick shift into my seat, pulling my pants down, and he began to have sex with me. I was screaming no in my head and felt it come out of my mouth as a mumble. I remember staring at the passenger side window, which was open about an inch until the entire nightmare was over. He pulled my pants back up and took me home. I walked into my house shocked and still feeling unable to function. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little choked up about this. My dad was watching TV and said hi and good night to me like it was a regular day. I walked down to my room, laid on my bed, and threw up in my garbage can the entire rest of the night. When I got ready for school the next morning, I convinced myself that it was just sex and it was okay. I told my friend who I had gone to the game with the night prior that I had sex with that guy, and she was shocked that I could do something like that when our other girlfriend had a crush on him. That deflated me even further. I felt like a POS. Do I need to say what that means? I'm sure people no. know what that means. <laughs> I felt like such a POS already that I didn't know I could feel any lower. The following week, my girlfriend started dating that guy. I would feel sick every time I saw him. My girlfriend would tell me how he didn't like some of the clothes she would wear, and she couldn't wear certain shorts because they were too short. He was also limiting who she could talk to at parties. I was in the vacuum of my own misery that I wasn't even able to point out the problems with what he was doing. She wore it as a badge of honor because she was proud he was jealous. Sigh. None of us knew what a healthy relationship was. I was able to have a relationship in high school after my rape. I had already set myself up for failure, though, by having no self-esteem, no boundaries, and no concept of what a good relationship should look like. This guy was emotionally abusive. Anytime I would try to break up with him, he would threaten suicide. More than once, he drove to my house and sat on the hood of my car so I couldn't leave and go out with my friends. Control is control is control. I stayed in that relationship for over two years. I never told anyone about my rape until I was 31 years old and going for my master's degree. 
I grew close with a boyfriend and ended up telling him in a drunken stupor when we were in New Orleans. By this time in my life, I had already been divorced for a couple of years, and days after telling my boyfriend, I called my ex-husband and left him a voicemail telling him I was raped when I was in high school. I remember thinking it could help him understand me better somehow and why our marriage ended. After that phone call, my goal was to get as close to blackout drunk as I could. Needless to say, I don't remember much after leaving that voicemail. Great decisions I was making. At age 15, alcohol became my escape of choice. I tried numerous other drugs, too, to fill this void that was growing inside of me. Nothing worked. It just helped me make poor and risky decisions. I used to tell myself that if I said yes to every guy that wanted to have sex with me, that I was in control of the situation because I was allowing it to happen. So I never said no. I needed to feel in control. This belief did not give me any semblance of control, but it did help establish my reputation for being a slut. I gave myself away to people who didn't deserve it because I wanted to feel like my voice mattered and I was giving consent. Crazy thing, I still don't feel like my voice matters. I feel as if no one believes me when I tell them now. I feel as if I should have said something back then. But who would have believed the average girl when she was saying our hometown stars athlete raped her? No one. I didn't matter. That was my mantra. I didn't matter. Luckily, I found love for myself somewhere along the way. This all happened over 20 years ago, and you have no idea how hard it has been to write this or how terrified I am that someone from my hometown will hear this story and know it's me. I have nightmares about that guy still 20 years later. What is super pathetic is sometimes in my dreams, I want him to like me and want him to be my boyfriend. WTF. I wake up from the dreams feeling ashamed and hating myself for at least a day. I am happily married now. My husband knows what happened, but again, I feel like he didn't believe me when I told him. I have beautiful children who are the lights of my life. I have made a success out of my life in all regards, except I still have nightmares and memories and shame. One positive to come out of this is that I make sure to empower my children. Not only does no mean no, but only yes means yes. They do not have to hug or kiss anyone, even family, if they feel uncomfortable. They encourage to share their thoughts and feelings, good, bad, and ugly, about anyone with me or my husband. They are being taught that they and only they are in control of their bodies, and more importantly, they are being taught how much they are worth and that they do matter. They will not adopt my mantra. It was the height of victim blaming back when this happened. I cannot stop blaming myself for smoking weed. Blaming myself for the jeans and tank top I was wearing. Nothing showy. Regular jeans and a thick strap scooped next tank top. I blame myself for being well endowed as a teenager. I must have been asking for it because I wasn't in a sports bra and oversized t-shirt. <clears throat> I blame myself for not having the courage to say anything back then. And I blame myself for not seeking counseling for it so many years later. Why would I want to open up those scars that may be super, super ugly? but they are healed. My life seems put together and functional that I don't want to mess with that flow, even though I know counseling could help with some of the lingering issues I have from this event. Why share this now with a random podcast? I'm not sure. Catharsis? Maybe. I like to believe I'm doing it in the chance that my story can help someone else out there. Anyone. I hope no one ever has to go through these feelings alone or ever has to have her inner voice hate her as much as mine did. You do matter. You matter to me. And then there are several ways to help. Uh, 
for the, the, the month. If you know any teens, um, you can talk about the warning signs of dating abuse. You can help create a positive connection to the issues by talking about healthy relationships and uh, talking about how the media portrays healthy relationships and how it is in movies and TV shows and how it actually is in real life. Um, even if you can't get involved, you can try to start and get information out there somewhere through your Facebook page, social media, whatever. If you need any toolkits, you can go to teendvmonth.org slash resources. And if you know a teen that needs a well-trained peer advocate, they can contact the National Dating Abuse Helpline at 1-866-331-9474. You can also text LOVEIS, L-O-V-I-S, to 77054, or you can go to a live chat at loveisrespect.org. I hate I mean, she was young enough to not be able to drive yet. And I mean, she didn't tell anyone until she was 31. Yeah. It's a long time to live with. I hate that. I hate that. Um, Well, it sounds like back then there wasn't resources or anything available outside of, you know, People or family. I can't imagine telling people or family that. Friends or family. No, okay. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't either. It's a very, very sad story, but there are resources out there for teenagers experiencing this or for parents of teenagers. I think it's, I think what is so terrible is that was, I mean, she didn't really say the year, right? Mm-hmm. Just, um, I guess it was at least at least 15 years ago. If yeah. you do the math, at least. Um, and still that kind of stuff happens and the girls still blame themselves or feel alone. Um, thank you, anonymous person, for sharing your story because I think I think that if other people do hear it, they can realize that this this has happened to someone else. And again, the, the resources that you shared um, hopefully will help. What's terrible is the long lasting effects of that. That happened to her when she was a teenager and she's a grown woman now. Yeah. Still, still having impacted. nightmares. That's awful. <laughs> awful, yes. awful. Um, okay. So, um, and not to, not to diminish also the emotional abuse and physical abuse are just as horrible as sexual abuse. So the story just did happen to be about rape, but teenagers are subject to emotional and physical as well. Well, and then the girl's friend, um, obviously was in an emotionally abusive relationship. I mean, I'm I'm curious what happened to the, and I know this is not a non-explicitive uh, podcast. So I wonder what happened to that guy and where he is and what happened to the girlfriend and any other like subsequent relationships. Yeah, I can follow up if you want me to. I don't know. I mean, I feel like she may have shared what she wants to share. 
if she if she hears this and she chooses to reach out, that's one thing. But I don't I don't know. I think it okay. was big of her to share what she did. I don't know that I wanted, you know, just out of I mean, for my own curiosity, I don't want to right push make up. her go through anything. Right. Right. Okay. Well, God, that was a heavy one. Um, it, it was. Do what you can support our teens, bring event awareness and help prevent things like this from happening. Yes. Um, God, I, I feel so like cheap saying thanks for listening. I know. Thank you um, for writing in though. I yes, thank you for, I hope your story helps people resonates with someone. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, I guess that's it. Take care, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. If you would like to contact us or send in your story, please write us at another situation podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at another situation podcast. Another situation is edited and produced by Point Five Pinoy. Music is written and performed by Tim Crow.